Calvary Church is located in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario, and is committed to impacting that community with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Each week, one of our preaching team draw powerful life application truths from the Bible. Check us out here or online at calvaryptbo.church. I have to admit, I'm the worst person to watch a television sitcom with. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about the, you know, the sci-fi ones, you know, the ones where, where the storyline is beyond human, you know, awareness. Those, those make-believe ones. Those ones are different. I get it. You know, they can create whatever world they want in those, in those kind of stories. I'm talking about the ones that want to depict, like, their real life. Whether they be cop shows or whether whatever they be, comedies sometimes or, or whatever. It, they just... They just kind of annoy me at times. There are so many times where I'm like, seriously, as if MacGyver can make a defibrillator out of a candlestick in a newspaper. <laughs> as if The Bachelor is still a show. Like, those, those kind of moments, I just, I just can't. I can't, you know, I'm the worst. And, and so I, I'm getting better. I will say that. I, I now just think it in my head more often than I say it out loud, but I have to admit that there, there are moments still even, even in real life where we have those as-if moments. You know, you, you, as, as if, you know, that person's going to take that parking spot where I'm standing or I'm already stopped with my blinker on and about to turn in. As if Tiger Woods at 43 years of age can win the Masters. You know, there's a whole bunch of as-ifs that we find ourselves faced with in life. But I think that there's probably one as-if that is, is so difficult for those who are outside of a faith in Jesus Christ to have. And that's as-if someone can resurrect from the dead. You honestly believe that that's true. You honestly think that this Jesus resurrected. I think that holds people back oftentimes from a faith in Jesus. But it's fact. It actually happened. And if it wasn't for the resurrection, all of this Christianity thing is a hoax. In fact, one of the key writers in the early church uh, that we have the Apostle Paul, he wrote a number of, of letters in the New Testament, and one of them was in, uh, to a church in Corinth, and he says in his first letter to the church in Corinth in chapter 15, he says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. I mentioned on Friday in our Good Friday service here that there is very little opposition to the fact that Jesus actually, actually existed. But there is, but is there, sorry, is there some confidence in the fact that he actually resurrected? All four Gospels, or all four biographies of Jesus that we have in the Bible. Now, the Bible is made up of, uh, for those of you who may not necessarily be familiar with the Scripture, the Bible is made up of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is comprised of all the time before Christ. 
the New Testament starts at the life of Christ and moves on into the early church. And the, the New Testament begins with four biographies, or what we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And all four Gospels mention the same kind of storyline here, that Jesus was crucified on the cross, that he, he was buried, and that he resurrected on the third day. They're all consistent with that. Now, listen, there, throughout time, throughout history, tons and thousands and millions and billions of people have respected Jesus, and they like the concept of Jesus. They like his moral teachings, that there's this man that they love to look at and admire in many respects. He was a good teacher. But to believe that he was fully God and fully man, and that he died and that he resurrected... Well, as if. On Friday, we looked at the value of what this God-man had for us in living and dying on the cross. But like I said then, and I already alluded to today, if the resurrection didn't happen, all of Christianity is a hoax. Mark Clark wrote a book called The Problem of God, and he says in the middle of it, he says, you can't sit on the fence about the resurrection. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, we must believe and follow him. We have no other options. Rejecting him is then re a rejection of God himself and what he had planned for your life. Just think about this for a second. Many people have tried over human history to make a difference, to be someone that changes history. Most attempt to do so over a, an extended period of time and often through violence and, and oppression. Yet, they've had little success. But you look at the life of Jesus and in just three years of homeless wandering, without bearing arms, without political position, and with only a handful of followers at the time of his death, he has changed everything about this world we live in. And still, 2,000 years later, billions of lives have been radically changed by the life of Jesus. See, Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus predicted his death and his resurrection. And then he did it. Now I want to highlight, there are, there are three key oppositions or objections to the resurrection. I kind of want to look at them today, individually. First objection that we often come across is, well, yeah, well, Jesus lived and he died, but he never really died. Because of all the claims of people that saw Jesus after his supposed death, many began to argue that maybe, maybe Jesus didn't actually die. Maybe. But most scholars and historians write off that explanation immediately. And why is that? Well, because if there's one thing that the Romans knew how to do, they knew how to kill people. The severity of suffering that Jesus had to endure even before being put on the cross would be enough to make any of us long to, to die. 
And then to hear the bone-chilling details of what a crucifixion is, I'm telling you, it often brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. See, Roman soldiers cared very little about the people they were killing. They had a job. And if they didn't do their job properly, then they themselves faced death. So the last thing that they were going to let happen was to allow someone to come down from the cross still alive. But let's say it did happen. Let's say that that did happen and Jesus, Jesus did survive the crucifixion. Is there any possible way that Jesus, even if he had modern medicine and extensive care, could be up and moving about completely healed after just a few days? Not a chance. There's no way, no honest scholar would support the notion that Jesus didn't die on the cross. Second objection was that, well, maybe the body was stolen. To be honest, that was the first assumption that his followers had immediately after hearing that the body was, was gone. John chapter 20, verse 1 and 2 says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went up to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. She came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. There was this assumption Somebody must have taken the body immediately right there. Scholars point out that the resurrection narratives, though, are trustworthy when they're judged by the critical methods of historical study applied to all ancient writings. So, so they've done their research and they said, okay, these accounts of Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, they're, if we use all of our techniques of studying ancient documents, these are legit. These aren't fabricated. And one of the big things that all, um, one of the biggest things that all four Gospels tell us was that a woman was the first witness to the empty tomb. Now, Dr. Norm Geisler says that's a big deal because it is an unmistakable sign of the authenticity of the Gospel record that in the male-dominated Jewish culture, Jesus appeared first to a woman. In the first century, a woman's testimony was invalid in court. Sorry, women. I didn't make that up. It's just the way it was. Certainly, anyone faking the record would have Jesus appearing first to a more prominent disciple. But even, even more than that, even more than, than the fact that, uh, that these documents are real and they're, they're legit and they're saying, no, Jesus actually is gone. There's no body the question I have to ask is, why would I go through all this trouble if it was all a lie? It's well known that ten of the disciples were martyred for their faith in Jesus. Why would I go, even if the body was taken, why, why would I go through all this trouble for a lie? It just doesn't make sense. Was the body taken? No. It was resurrected. Third objection. They went to the wrong tomb. 
Maybe, maybe because of their deep grief and sorrow, they accidentally went to the wrong tomb. But let's just think about that for a moment, if we could. Even if that was the case, it would have been a momentary correction by, by the, the authorities, if that, was the, if that was certain. See, the, the authorities, they wanted Jesus dead. They didn't want this message to continue on any longer. They weren't going to allow the foolish talk of these, this small group of merry men to continue to hurt their cause. Because that's, what, in fact, what they were doing. And yet, they didn't or they couldn't correct the disciples. The message continued. Jesus resurrected. And they had nothing to prove that it didn't happen. The resurrection, I, I understand, the resurrection in our natural mind is absurd. Of course, it's an as-if moment for many. Yet, for 2,000 years of historical proof, it's forcing me to realize this man, Jesus, was not just a typical man. His radical claims and lifestyle and predictions and actions prove that he was who he claimed he was, God. For me, it's almost as if I have an as if you can't believe in the resurrection. C.S. Lewis, writer of the Chronicles of Narnia, he's sa- he states, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he's a poached egg, or he would be the devil of hell. You must take your choice. Either this was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about this, his being a good human teacher. He has not left that open to us. I'm not a follower of Christ this morning because it's easy. I'm a follower of Christ this morning because there is no other option for humanity than that of Jesus Christ. His love for me, his love for you, for all humanity, flattens anything this life can offer without him. And following Jesus doesn't bring wealth and riches, but it definitely brings things like joy and peace and freedom and hope and compassion and love. Facing the problem of God, Mark Clark says, is about far more than getting the right information for ourselves. It's about a transformation of ourselves. He has real power to create new life and new desires and new futures for anyone. Because the resurrection is true, Jesus changes not just what we do, that's the approach of religion, but what we want to do. So what are your options? Well, I think there's, there's three that I see. First option is, is that of, of skepticism. Maybe I haven't convinced you that Jesus is God and that he died on the cross for your sake and that he wants to give you new life in him. 
then I challenge you. I challenge you this morning to keep seeking it out. Seek it out more and more. Don't just live in skepticism, pontificating on your own musings without honest study for yourself. See, I'm convinced as we pursue truth, as we try to understand who is out there, who God is, what my, my place in this life is about, I am convinced when we seek truth, the truth will always lead us back to Jesus every single time. So if you're continuing to be a skeptic this morning, keep, keep learning, keep understanding, keep searching for the truth. You will find yourself at Jesus. Option number two is rejection. Maybe you know this is true. Maybe you know that Jesus is the Son of God. Maybe you know that he did resurrect, but you don't like it. Maybe you're afraid of what that may mean for your life if you accept him as Lord and Savior. Hurts to say, but I can't help you. I can't help you with that. But let it be known, God's not rejecting you. This is your decision to reject him. And please know this, that he is always, always waiting for you. And until your last breath, he gives you the chance to turn to him and accept him as your Lord and Savior. This morning, I want to urge you, I want to I plead with you to reconsider rejecting God. Don't reject him. Don't walk away from the truth that you know he is, and he represents. There is no greater decision in all of your life than to follow him with all that you are. Which leads me to the third option, that of acceptance. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. Repent and be baptized. When we come to Christ and we say, Jesus, I am sorry. Jesus, forgive me. I've been living this life on my own. I recognize that you are God and I need to put my trust in you. He's there to forgive we can continue on. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, he says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. When we come to Christ and we recognize and we commit our life to him, it's a glorious life. It's not always easy right now. But it gives you so much hope to live this life. So much passion, so much, so much love and, and joy and freedom in your life. See, my heart's cry for you today is that you accept him, that you be all in. 
No sitting on the fence with this one. He either needs you to be Lord of all, or he needs to be Lord of all or Lord of none of your life. Now, I won't promise you that life will be easy after following Jesus. In fact, it may actually be harder. But every part of your walk with God is worth it. But you got to be willing to say, Jesus, I'm all in. I accept you today. Are you willing to do that? Heavenly Father, I pray today for all who are here, all who are listening to this. God, I ask that you would speak to us. I don't know the journey that everyone is on right now, but I do know that you are well aware of where their hearts are. You are well aware of who they are in you. Lord, for some, for many who are here today, they've committed their life to you. They're trying to serve you. They're, they're loving you. They're in a relationship with you, and we thank you for that. There may be some who, who maybe they walked away from you months, weeks, years ago. But they find themselves here today saying, Jesus, I need to reconnect with you. Jesus, I need you back in my life. Maybe there's some who are here who have never made that conscious decision of accepting you as their Lord and Savior. Wherever we are on that journey in our relationship with you, would you help us take the next step? Would you help us grow deeper in our love for you or in our awareness of you? For those who call on you for the very first time, would you flood them with your love, your grace, and your mercy? Jesus, we need you in our life today. We ask this in Jesus' name.